Hey guys, it's your girl, Claudia Jordan. We are back with another fabulous episode of TGIF with two of the most entertaining and fabulous men in the entertainment industry. I'm here with Al Reynolds and Q, AKA Funky Dineva. We're gonna break down all that's popping on social media, in the news, all that's hot. So sit back and relax, grab your drink. Y'all got your drink, fellas? Got my drink. Oh, you're, you're so beating ass. You got that red cup. I love oh, it. I, love I it. forgot I'm going to get fired. <laughs> you you know, I'm ghetto. A red cup is just second nature. You know what? I guess I got to introduce you again because you didn't do the hand thing. So please welcome brand strategist, Al Reynolds. Al Reynolds. What's and up, multimedia personality and talk show host, Funky Dineva. See, that's what I was waiting on. I was waiting on my cue. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what y'all, so what y'all been up to this week? What's, what's up? And I'm your host, Claudia Jordan, with the new background, finally. K, KJ yeah, hooked yeah, it up. Y'all yeah. like it? Y'all approve? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. It's cute. It's better than that little piece of Joanne's fabric that you had draped up down that it kept falling in between commercial breaks <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> you know what? That's exactly what it was. And it was... It was nailed to the wall. I had so many holes in the wall behind me. I just don't, I'm not good at that kind of stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just like, ah, eh, this is good enough. I'm kind of janky. Yeah. It's not your ministry. Don't feel bad, baby. I didn't go to school for interior design either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, before we start the show, Foxhole will be airing the seventh annual Truth Awards tomorrow at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. on the East. Now, over the years, the Truth Awards have recognized and affirmed the many accomplishments of individuals in the Black LBGTQ plus community and their allies. Some of, the, some of this year's honorees include Marsha Warfield, Maurice Harris, T.S. Madison, the creator of P-Valley, Katori Hall, and my boy, Derek Rutledge, which I'm so excited about, uh, you know, all that's going to happen with that show. I hope you all tune in. All right, y'all, without further ado, let's jump into some hot topics. On Tuesday, a white gunman identified as 21-year-old Robert Aaron Long allegedly shot and killed eight people at three Atlanta area massage parlors, and six of those kills were of Asian descent. The shooter told police that he had a sexual addiction and said the spa was an outlet for him and something that he shouldn't be doing. Now, the next day, the Stop Asian Hate hashtag, you know, was trending all over social media. I'm sure y'all seen that. And there's been news articles asking, how can Blacks be strong allies with the Asian communities? What do y'all think about this story? We can't. <laughs> that's where it starts and we stops and, and you know and I, and I want to make something very clear and I talked about this on my YouTube channel today I feel extremely bad for what happened to the Asian people I feel extremely bad with what happened is happening to the Asian community that these people these these white supremacists have been emboldened by Donald Trump but the reality of the situation is this situation and many other situations in America it is not the responsibility of black people to help y'all clean this up. We have enough of our own shit that we are trying to handle when it comes to the fight against white terrorism. Moreover, and I hate to be this guy, while I recognize that it's not all Asian people, we're not going to sit here and pretend like there is not an anti-Blackness sentiment that is carried amongst the Asian community, starting back way with the killing of the little girl in, uh, in, 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 in LA, with that the, the, the store owner killed her 
thinking she was still in the orange juice and she had the money in her pocket, in her hand, when she was laying there bleeding to death, down to the Rodney King riots, down to Asian people coming over here now and taking on the white supremacist, you know, attitude towards black people. Every minority wants to come to this country and they are sold on this be anything but black. Asian people are not of no excuse. I'm hearing all the things that the Asian community is saying. Oh, why can't we all just get along? Oh, this is so wrong. We should all love one another. Sound familiar? We've been singing this tune for a very long time, and there has not been no strong uh, um, uh, collusion or partnership with, with the Asian community, with Black people. So here's the only thing I can offer you. My prayers and let you know that we've already written the handbook for this type of stuff. If you want to borrow it, Montgomery and Selma is still there. Y'all can march. You can do a bus boycott. Y'all can do whatever it is that we've done in the past. I will give you our handbook, but I'm sitting this one out. Al? Well, I just want to make sure that we understand that one is hate-based, okay, and one is a mental case. So psychodynamic theorists said that this type of behavior that he is exhibiting is a sexual aversion disorder, which is a mental disorder, coupled with another sexual disorder called paraphilia. So I think you can't marry sexual disorders, mental dysfunction with race-based hate. So as far as what should the African-American community be doing to help the Asians, we can you know, hashtag and post the whole thing about Asian hate go away. But other than that, I'm with Q, we can pray for you. And also welcome. How about all hate go away? And I don't mean to be an all lives matter person because that's not the answer to, but what kills me is the, the question that's even out there, like, what can we do? This is a white person problem, okay? Because though two weeks prior to the shooting, all these little shady ass news stories were coming out about all these attacks against Asians were at the hands of black people. They were really trying to push this narrative in the news. I, have, I argue with someone on Twitter, a former friend of mine, that was really trying to push this narrative that it's all these black people that are attacking Asians. And lo and behold, a week and a half later, this white man, 21 year old, risked it all and, and went and shot all these Asians. First of all, miss me with the bullshit that it's a sexual problem. I am not buying that at all. I think that's an alibi and they're already starting to play in our fears. I don't need to know that this guy likes fine wines. I don't need to know that this guy had a sexual addiction. I do know that they, they would not show this grace to a black person, a, a person of Arab descent, or any other nationality, they would already have the narrative in their mind, he'd already be convicted. They would already know what it is. When it's a white person, they go all the way around the block to make any excuse. Oh, he was abused as a child. His parents got divorced when he was seven. He didn't get a pony when he was 10. Girls picked on him when he was 11. I don't wanna hear it. I don't wanna hear it. Keep the same energy you keep for young black kids that are playing with toy guns in parks that you keep for, the, for, for these white terrorists and stop going around the block to avoid calling it what it is. We have a problem with white angry men in America that are violent. And if you want, I, I, I totally see another Oklahoma City bombing the way this, this world is going. You're not checking it. You wanna worry about this fake Antifa issue that we don't have. Antifa is a mentality. It is, it is a concept, it's not a group. So a, a real group that y'all can go after if you really wanna fix a problem is white supremacists. It's right there for you. So miss me with the bullshit. Yes, yeah, stop Asian hate. No, and you know what? Hate. I want to agree one thing too. I'm not even going to jump on the stop Asian hate. I'm going to scratch that out and stop white terrorism because that's what it is. It's not Asian hate. It's white terrorism. Call it what it is. Domestic, homegrown, white 
terrorism. White people, y'all got a problem, and this one is on y'all to fix. How, how many more salons and schools do they have to shoot up? How many more? Vegas, what do you shoot, 68 people? Like, it, it, it's, we see it time and time again in America, white America and the media will twist themselves in all kinds of pretzels to avoid saying what it is. But y'all so quick to throw that label on anybody but a white man. That is the most protected person in the world. And the black woman and the black man are the least protected. So y'all, it's not ours to fix, it's yours to fix, white people that are watching. All right, moving on. Uh, that got me so mad because me I'm so too. sick of it. Like it's always on our backs to fix everything. Right. And we're, we're, we're with y'all getting, we're with the Asians and the Latinos and the, and, the, and, the, and the Muslim community getting picked on. So it's not us, it's y'all. So anyways, Little Mama wants to start a heterosexual rights movement as a response to the bullying that she's received from the queer community. She posted comments in her Instagram stories that read, I'm about to start a heterosexual rights movement, movement anti-LBGTQ bullying. There are so many people afraid to give their honest opinion because if they do, the LBGTQ plus community will hear what they want to hear and take the statements out of context. She also added that she has loved ones of the community and that she's not trying to hurt anyone. Do you think she's serious about this movement? And, and what do you think uh, about her comments? Are they anti-queer because she's saying this? What are your thoughts? I'm going to let Q have this one because I'm, <sighs> I'm completely lost into why we're even talking about little mama and this anti what whatever whatever that is I'll go Q, go ahead here's another one of those that i'm just gonna have to do and she's just such an easy read but here we go little mama this is why people don't like you okay honestly and truthfully you know your career has been popping since your lip gloss has been popping you consistently either put your foot or your body in your mouth. You're always at the wrong place at the wrong time. And everything that you are saying is rooted in absolutely nothingness. So what do you do when your talent dries up and the industry no longer is checking for you? You use the last little piece of fame that you got and a couple of Instagram followers that you got to say the most absurd, controversial thing to get back in front of people. How about you go make some music? How about you go get a feature? How about you go put some music on SoundCloud give it away for free, get an acting job on power, start a food truck, go vegan, but leave LGBTQ plus <laughs> issues alone. You catch it backlash because again, and for the <laughs> life of me, I don't understand why heterosexual people, ex 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 I mean, ex uh -huh, especially washed up heterosexual entertainers always want to interject themselves in LGBTQ plus issues. Of all the things that are going on in the world, that was the one thing that had a wild hair up your ass. So she received a whole lot of backlash because she made some public comments about children should have to wait until they are adults to transition, to become trans, to declare whatever. And here's the thing, right? While I respect the fact that everybody has in opinion, heterosexual people really need to mind their business when it comes to trans issues and gay issues because you don't know what you're talking about. If you have not been gay, bi, or trans, your opinion is rooted in absolute nothingness, okay? It is speculation and conjecture at best. Heterosexual people never ask themselves, um, when their third grade son comes home and he says he's got a crush on a little girl, you never question, oh, it's too late for him to be declaring that he's straight. The great Toni Morrison told us, if you pull a glove inside out, 
it must still be a glove. So why is it when the third grader comes home and says he's gay, all of a sudden he needs to wait till he's grown or it's a lifestyle or this is being thrust upon him. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Sexuality works the same way in a heterosexual situation as it does in a homosexual situation in trans, so on and so forth. I knew that I was gay in the third grade. I may not have had the words to articulate it. I may not have had the vernacular to express it. I knew I was different than the rest of the boys in the third grade. If your second grader knows Valentine's Day and knows he has a crush on a little girl, then why is it so impossible for you to believe that a second grader may feel or know that they're trans or may know that just something is different about them? They may not have the words to express it again. Third grade, I knew I was different. So all I'm saying is straight people have your opinions all you want, but please know that they're rooted in absolute nothingness, speculation, and conjecture. Because unless you're gay, trans, or bi, you don't know what you're talking about and you have zero legs to stand on. That's all I got. Let me ask you this, Q, um, and not to play devil's advocate, but I think we need to have these discussions and that's the only way we're gonna get to an understanding, right? I, 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 I've known people that, and I have friends that from the, as far as they can remember, they knew their sexuality. They knew what they knew what they identified as. Is there a difference between that and the actual going through the transition process with the surgeries? Was she just discussing that or was she discussing, because no one can tell someone at three, you don't know you're gay. I, I, I agree with you 1000%. You know what I mean? Like you, there's been studies that show parts of the, like with brain activity that show that, that people try to say it's not genetic and it, you're not born like that. And I, I beg to differ. And again, you know, I can't speak but on it as much. Here's as the reality of the situation, Claudia, whether that is the issue or not, it really is non-germane to her existence. It's mm -hmm. up to each individual parent to raise and nurture their child the way they see fit. If I transition my child in utero, it doesn't affect her ass one way or another. So why the hell do you have such a strong opinion on it? Why? That's just like me and Al sitting up here having abortion conversations. And we don't have we don't have any dog in this fight. Just like men should stay out of women's issues, so on and so forth. Stay your ass out of trans people issues. Why does it bother you so? Of all the things that you could be complaining about and use your platform to complain about, women's pay, inequality to play, colorism, why is this at the forefront of you and so many other people's minds? And if we really peel back the layers and dial back, it's internalized homophobia. That's what it is. You've been conditioned through the church, through your mama, through your family, that this is the way it's supposed to be, and that's wrong, and it's a lifestyle, whatever the hell that means. It's heterosexual a lifestyle. Your way of living don't get referred to as a, as a lifestyle, but all of a sudden my shit is a choice and it's a lifestyle. Come on, give me a break here. If it doesn't affect your life, move the hell on. Move on. She ain't got nobody kids. Before we go to break, Miss Jack A. Harry is in the comments and she said, to be honest, her lip gloss was never popping. On that note, we're going to take a <laughs> quick break and we'll be back with more TGIF. Welcome back to TGIF. You want, if you want to see more Fox Soul content, subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure you hit that notification bell to get all the best updates and videos on all of our live shows. And don't forget to hit that thumbs up button and tell us how you really feel in the comment sections. Okay, before we get into some more hot topics, we want to introduce a new segment called Spill the Tea. And this time around, the tea 
is about us. We'll address a trending story that involves something we said or did in the past. And this is our chance for you to hear it from the horse's mouth, for us to clear the air. All right, I'll go first. Oh, Lord. Several blogs posted that I did not support Zaya Wade's decision to transition. The subject came up on Cocktails with Queens, so let me clear this up. That's so far from the truth. Here's a, here's a thing. You cannot confuse a conversation about, about an issue with hate. Negative conversation, negative comments towards that person is hatred. Uh, insult to that person is hatred. Being rude to that person is hatred. The mere discussion about it is not hatred. And what I said about Zaya was if she is 100, if she's down with being uh, you know, in, in the public eye with her decisions that are usually personal, then of course I'm supportive. And I, the comment was, the whole conversation was about Michelle Obama supporting Zaya, which I said was beautiful. And that's a positive. We were, we were discussing it, uh, you know, defending the criticism that Michelle Obama got from Jay Book, right? And I said uh, about the pressure that is on such a young child you know, being so visual, where if you ever have, you know, when you're growing up, going through puberty, there's a lot of things that go through your mind. I, I thought I was a lot of, you know, I, I was all over the place when I went through puberty. And I would hate for someone to say, no, you said this and you can't ever change your mind. That was my only conversation about it. My only concern was of Zaya Wade and her well-being. And Zaya seems to be very well adjusted, very well supported by her parents. And and, and that's, that's a beautiful thing, y'all. So please stop trying to put words in my mouth. Uh, I'm very direct and blunt. I don't really beat around the bush. So if I want to say something uh, shady, I'll say it. And Zaya will get no shade from me. So uh, hopefully y'all can just accept my words instead of trying to put words into my mouth. The mouth is closed going in from you guys. Okay. Uh, actually, and next week we're going to have a panel discussion actually uh, that includes trans women on my show and myself, we're gonna to come together and have an honest discussion about this with uh, the trans community. And I, I, I put my money where my, my mouth, oh, I'm seven. I put my money where my mouth is. And anytime there's a misstep or a miscommunication, I like to immediately address it. I had something that happened on my radio station years ago. I invited members of the trans community because like uh, Funky Daniva said, the trans community needs to speak for themselves so we can get an understanding and learn and take our cues from them. And that's well, the well, only way we'll get educated. And, and, and know what's correct. Okay. Well, I, I have to say, I, I kind of understood exactly where you were coming from because as you know, in media, you can become the poster child of something by default, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes being that poster child can come with a lot of responsibility that you didn't sign up for. What you signed up for was what your feelings were at that time. So I do concur with you as it relates to that. If, if, if Zaya feels Zaya. like that, Zaya, who? Zaya Wade. Zaya Wade. If Zaya Wade, which I, I don't really, really think that Zaya Wade really understand the significance of what she is doing right now, but I did understand where you were coming from as it relates to that because they still are very young and you can easily become a poster child of something that comes with a responsibility that you didn't necessarily sign up for. And that's really all it was addressing. That's only the only thing of concern it was to me, you know, I mean, that much publicity on a child with any issue, never mind something right. that's so personal, is a lot of pressure. Being the face and of the anything. comments, the comments, the comments. Like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm like what 40 years older than well, not 40, 30 years older than Zaya. Zaya, is that right, y'all? Zaya. Zaya. And I don't read the comments. 
So I read some of those comments and I was just mortified. Like I was like, geez, those comments, some of those comments alone can derail a young child that's fragile, especially in the, in the exploration of their sexuality and the transition as well. That was my main concern. And, and look at what, what's happening already. We've got these grown ass rappers and, and entertainers, grown ass men that are speaking out against her. And it's just like, that's a tremendous amount of scrutiny and criticism right. to deal with at such a young age when you're already at a vulnerable time of your life. Puberty right. is a time of your life where any child, gay, trans, straight, cis, but, whatever. But, but, but it's, let, it's, let, 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 let me say one thing in, re in reference to that. Y'all lay y'all burdens down. Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade are that girl's parents. They know what's best for their child. They know where their child's mental state is. And if they are not worried about it, and if they have not given us any proof that they are any unfit parent, that they are unfit parents, then y'all need to stop sitting at home, putting and casting y'all's fears on this little girl. She's stronger than you think. She's more courageous than you think. And do you think if, if at one time she was not adjusting well or, or, or in harm's way or trying to kill herself, that her parents would allow things to continue the way they are continuing? Y'all are putting y'all's fears on that girl and her family. Stop. I don't think her so. Her parents got this. They got it. But we are allowed to have an opinion. You're allowed to have your opinion. People have opinions on everything that we do. I mean, you're allowed to have your opinion. But again, you're sitting here, you're casting your fears upon That's this true. girl. No, I'm casting my concerns. I'm just casting my concerns. Of if how. her parents ain't concerned about it, why should you be? If I thought Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union were unfit parents, then this would be a conversation. Don't people know what they're doing with their child? Okay, next topic. All right. Well, now that Kim Kardashian uh, is divorcing Kanye West, it looks like another rapper might be trying to, you know, slide into that spot. Sources are saying that Drake is interested in dating Kim Kardashian and was always confused as to what she saw in Kanye West. You think this hookup is going to happen? I'm going to say, um, do you think this hookup has not already happened in my mind? That's what I would like to know. Have they had uh, an encounter before? Because this seems a little bit too fast, too soon. It seems like maybe he's revisiting something that he's already experienced with, in my opinion. But, you know, he is saying that it, there's, nothing, there's nothing true about it. But I feel like there might be a little undercurrent there. And I think that's why we're reading about it. I mean, I definitely think he would somewhat be in the step in the right direction when it comes to the profile of the next type of person. I mean, it's got to be a Kanye or better. And, uh, you know, Drake, Drake is, Drake is nice. You know, the, the, the only thing that I'm questioning, and again, this just may be the single childless in me is like Drake real talk. Like how far are you truly willing to go with somebody who got four young kids like do you just want to go on a couple dates and say she was your girlfriend for a while or do you are you really like down to fall in love with this lady and become a stepmama to four young children that's my question what do you think claudia i could see it happening i could see it i could see it happening i mean i feel like drake is i mean he's less crazy than Kanye West. <laughs> I mean, if she's a Kanye for all these years, while well, he running the polls and throwing temper tantrums and making $2,000 shirts with holes in it, she could be with Drake. 
think her and Drake actually would be real cute had just had the kids not been involved. And I don't, I, and, and, and forgive me for having this mentality that a woman is damaged goods if she's got four young kids, but I'm just, I'm just sitting here trying to wrap my head around the profile of a man that's going to move in and, 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 and into a ready-made family. That's just a lot for me. Well, there's a lot going on with both of them. He got a baby by the former porn star that Dilva sees, and then he got a lot, a lot of people been with Drake. Like Drake is, Drake is kind of for the streets a little bit. I mean, a lot of people being with Have you been with Drake, Claudia? No, I never even, no. I just saw him at a party one time standing next to Jamie Foxx. Like, no, I've never been with Drake. Um, No, but I'm just saying like, it's not, out of the realm of possibility, or some people are thinking that Chris Jenner is putting this story out because you know they 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 kind of they control the the news cycle sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Well, it looks like rapper Waka Flocka took a financial hit during the past year of lockdown on his WeTV show Waka and Tammy. What the Flocka? He told his mom Deb he's broke because his income was cut short due to the pandemic. By the way, his mom Deb will be on Out Loud next week, so I can ask her about this. Do y'all think Waka is broke? Not by our definition, no. Yeah, I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? I get what he was saying. You know, uh, people like Walker rappers and all those other Atlanta people, Claudia, you know them, they spend lots and lots and lots of money per month in overhead. You know, $20,000 lease here, $40,000 in car, car notes and all this type of stuff. And they're able to do that because in their business, they're doing shows after shows after shows, getting 30000 a pop here, 40000 a pop here. So with nothing to spend money like water, but the pandemic is here and they're not getting that cash under the table money from doing club walkthroughs and all that type of stuff. I still think Waka got plenty of money invested, plenty of security blanket. I'm sure Deb didn't just leave all of his money to his own devices. I think what he's saying is that I can't go to the strip club and trick off 30,000 in one night. I can't go to Jacob the jeweler. People still going to him. I can't go to Jacob the jeweler and get an iced out watch. I can't just go buy the latest Lamborghini without thinking or without having to take a penalty on an investment. I think that's what he means. But I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, Waka Flocka is broke and sitting somewhere waiting on his stimulus check. No, ma'am. You know, what I, you know what I say, Claudia, is I, I, I would say he probably feels broke. Let me tell you what happens in these situations with what when you have what's come when you have what's coming in is less than what's going out. Then you are constantly eating away at your bank account. All of us sitting right here have experienced this, especially during this pandemic. Luckily, we're smart enough to hustle our way through it to find other income streams to bring other stuff in, right? Now, I can imagine, though, for those rappers and entertainers and performers that got affected the most by this pandemic, they don't have anything coming in. But those bills, those house payments are still due. Those fur leases are still due. Those car leases are still due. Those 20 or 30 family members that you're taking care of and paying for their cars and their houses and their allowances are still due. Your ability to feed your stuff is still due. Your kids, your baby mama, your uh, court order that you have child support, all of that is still coming due at the first of every month. When you don't have anything coming in and all of that is going out, I promise you, yes, you better feel like you're going broke or that you are broke because you are. 
And the good thing about it is Atlanta is definitely a place where you can stretch your money. Let me tell you something. When I worked out there, there was a lot of people that if they live in LA, they could not maintain that lifestyle or New York. But Atlanta is a place where you can look like you really balling, but your mortgage payment is the same amount as my rent payment for a one bedroom in New York. Like that's basically what it really is. And it's all relative, you know, like um, it's, it's relative. So if you were bringing in 10 million and now you're bringing in six, to him, that's a big hit. I mean, I, I know I lost hundreds of thousands of dollars from this pandemic just from one gig alone. So it's relative and it's like, I'm not broke broke, but I felt that shit. Heck so we're, yeah. gonna take, we're gonna take a quick break. We got more TGIF when we return. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF. I'm here with my guys, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva. Wait a minute, Claudia, what did he say? What? I said, so what did you say, Q, before before we came on the air real quick? Oh, what did you say? And then I'll say what I said. <laughs> see, she, see, what, did I, what did I miss? Who's flirting ah, with you? No, okay, ain't nobody no, I forgot I'm in the hot seat. Go ahead. Can I move on now? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, good. Once again, it's time for this week's hot seat. Now, for the past two weeks, Q and I had to answer some provocative questions about ourselves. Now it is Al Reynolds' turn All right. to be in that hot seat. Q and I are gonna hit you with several questions and you have to answer each one in 20 seconds. We're gonna figure it out. We're gonna get it right. First, it was 15, now 30, now 20. All right, okay, I'll start. Ready, Al? Why do I have such a long time? <laughs> well, well, I had 30 last time, so I think we, we, we're splitting the difference now. Okay, all right, let's go. Uh, oh, damn. Don't get mad at me for these questions now. <laughs> How old were you when you had your first experience with a man and was it good? Go. Ooh. Um, I was uh, in my 30s. I was more afraid than um, anything else. I was really anxious. I was scared. I just thought the whole world saw it. So was it good? I can't remember. <laughs> I honestly can't remember. I just remember being scared. I remember being like, oh, sorry. My time's up. It's always scary the first time, Al. Then it's like riding a bike or putting an, air <laughs> or putting an earring in the hole. You know what I mean? It just, it's just, it's, it's all good. Al, so the word on the street is that you have been in these streets for okay. a long time. <laughs> Approximately how many sexual partners have you had? Well, damn. <laughs> the hot seat. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Approximately how many sexual partners I've had? Uh, 30 plus. 30 plus. So it's 30 plus 30 to 50 <laughs> to 70. I mean, 200 is 30 plus. You're full of shit. Ain't no 47-year-old no dude have 30 partners. That's I, say, I said 30 plus. Hell, I can't count over those years. Plus, okay, okay. Let's, say, let's say 10 to 20 a year. Okay, this, I was about to say, this, this little college girls that are in those numbers nowadays, I'm just saying. <laughs> Me, I'm, I'm, under, I'm under 10, of course. Okay, right. Al. <laughs> and holding. Have you ever hooked up with a male celebrity? And what did you guys do? You don't have to say his name, but you can give me some hints. And go. I have I ever hooked up with a male celebrity. Uh, yes. What did we do? What did he do? What, give us a hint. What did he do? Was he a singer or was he a CEO? All of the above. Um, what did we do? I don't kiss and tell. 
Well, bitch, you about to kiss and tell now. Ah, the people want to know what role do you play in the bedroom? Top, bottom, or versatile? Let's go. Ooh, you got good questions. I know, right? Jesus Christ. I, I've answered this before. I don't tell any of my uh, bedroom activities. Who I aggress in the bedroom is none of their business. No, that, that's not, that's about you. Like you, your position. I'm a power bottom. What are you? <laughs> the fuck is a the power same. bottom? The <laughs> same. What? And that's the timer. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> well, answer be answer for. Go ahead, Claudia. <laughs> okay, Al, what's the one move that Star Jones would do in the bedroom that would knock your socks off? And go. Cook. <laughs> <laughs> this is a time for you to give her a compliment was she a good kisser you know he gonna let that clock run out yeah right he ain't slick you said I had to say something positive right Ooh. on that note Ooh, there it is Whoop, there it is Al so you are good friends with Claudia and you're good friends with her nemesis, Nene Leakes. Yes. Has Nene ever trash talked about Claudia in your presence? Go Hell on. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Nene, Nene is just not, she's just not that, she's just not that woman, at least not <laughs> around me. We, we kind of do different things. Absolutely not. I got to tell oh, you. Oh, that's nice. That's, I, I really believe you. That's really sweet. That's nice. That's good to know, Al. I don't, but okay. First of, all, first of all, Claudia and I have talked about this. I'm one of those old dogs. I'm like a golden retriever. If I'm your friend, you can't talk bad about my friend in my presence, period. I don't care who you are. That's the rule with me. So if you go down that road, I'm going to be like, yo, listen, check this out. You're not going to be able to do that around me. That's my friend. Ooh, one of your other friends used to trash me, though. <laughs> go ahead. Thank Ruff. Huh? Thank Ruff. No, Jennifer. <laughs> Best thank, bro. <laughs> oh. <laughs> one last one, Al. You're a man. Here we go. <laughs> I don't make the news. I just report it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say. Anyways, Al, you're a man of a mature age. Yes. Are you taking the little blue pill yet? Or will you take it in the future if needed? And go. So I'm going to tell you, you guys forgot, I actually was on the pre-launch team of Viagra because I used to be a marketing manager for the Park Davis division of Warner Lambert. So I would launch $3 billion drugs. I launched Lipitor for cholesterol. I launched Resilent for diabetes and I launched, pre-launched Viagra. So of course I tried Viagra when it came out and will I use it again if I need it? So far right now, I really don't need it because I'm already freaky enough, so. But if I need it, why not? Claudia, do you do you notice that Al the only bitch that <laughs> work everywhere, know everybody, did every damn thing? Like every every company and every career there is to have Al, Al tell us about that time when you worked for NASA and launched <laughs> You know what? Q, I'm glad you say this. Let me tell you about the NASA experience. Hold on. I'm glad you say this, Q, because I've known him for all these years, right? And I've seen him at Essence Fest where he was drunk as hell and I actually rode his back like a horse. He was my horse. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm you on his back. <laughs> I don't know of all these jobs that he speaks of. And I had, had no idea that my friend was, had, was, a, was a, a pilot, 
a sailor, <laughs> an orthodontist, worked for the government. He's a, I didn't know he's a brand strategist. I don't know of all these things. Mm -hmm. so Listen, this is all of it is on my LinkedIn. Check it out. Verify my stuff. All my stuff is verifiable, baby. It's just a man. I'm very powerful mentally, powerfully emotionally, powerful is physically. I'm just that dude. You hear what I'm saying? As a corporate strategist, though, you do have, <laughs> you know, Power you have a lot of things about a lot of stuff. <laughs> So, oh, you don't really, you really don't know what a power bottom is. What y'all like? What does it mean? Put it in like dictionary terms. You just <laughs> you lay on your stomach like dead fish and just let them do whatever they want to do on top of you. Well, I, I thought it was when you were on the bottom, but you push back, like you push yeah, back. Yeah, well, yeah. you just ram it hard. Give it to me, daddy. All we'll keep it clean. We got a note from the producer say, keep it clean. <laughs> I, I hope when you're doing all that, you keep it clean. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break before we get fired. We'll be back with more TPI. <laughs> Y'all are disgusting. I swear to God. We are back with TGIF with Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva. And before we went to break, we had to explain to Al what a power bottom was because he <laughs> apparently had no clue. Nah, bad. <laughs> but, but over the break, he knew what a fleet was. Get off my line, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of playing dumb, Sharon Osbourne's downward spiral continued this week on an exclusive one-on-one uh, -on -one with Kevin Frazier of Entertainment Tonight. She implied that she's been set up by producers for their heated discussion about Piers Morgan and Meghan Mar Markle and the racism. She told Kevin, I cannot believe I'm your sacrificial lamb. I can't do an English accent, but whatever. Uh, she's, you know, of course, she's playing the victim. Kevin Frazier even caught backlash for taking it easy on Sharon, encouraging Black women, once again, we got to fix their problems, to hold a summit concerning her comments. Kevin, you know better. We, th that's not on us. That's on her. What do you think about her lack of accountability? And what do you think about this brother, which, you know, I'm cool with Kevin Frazier, but why are we say swooping in to save this lady? She don't let her save herself. What y'all think? It's getting to a point now where black people as a whole are becoming so fed up with white people that our sentiments can be confused as racist. But y'all, listen, white folks, we're tired of y'all. Like, I just don't understand why we have to hold summits to educate y'all on something that y'all created. No, how about you take your ass to your nearest HOA meeting, your canasta club, your tennis group, and you sit around with the other Karens and, and their husbands and talk about racism. We're sick and tired of educating y'all. Y'all would never go to a rape victim and ask the rape victim to explain to a group of rapists what about the situation was rape? But you expect us to explain to you what about your trauma-inflicting behavior is trauma-inflicting. The second thing about it is whiteness is one hell of a drug, baby, because for you to be able to fool our law and philander through this damn world and do and say whatever the hell you want to do to say to people, and then wake up the next day, brush your teeth, put that tired-ass strawberry rinse on your head and say, I'm going to go out in the world... <laughs> And I'm gonna tell people that I was set up and they're gonna believe me and be the victim. It's just one hell of a, a delusion and a drug. I don't understand how you were set up. Set up in my opinion is saying, Sharon, what are your thoughts about your husband's mistress? That's a setup. Mm -hmm. Asking you questions about a very broad racial topic that's permeating the news and you're in a news reporting space and you mess around and show your support of racism slip, that ain't a 
set up. That's a slip up. That's on you, mama. Too, she said that they were uh, supposed to talk about Pepe Le Pew getting canceled because, you know, he's the rapist uh, skunk that was always trying to rape the cat. And it turned into the Pierce Morgan conversation, which was news. I, I don't buy that at all. And she was said, no, you you made those comments. And the way it was really about how she was talking to uh, Cheryl she- Underwood was the real issue we had with you, uh, Sharon Osbourne. So knock it off. Cut the shit. Al, what do you think? Oh, this is a very interesting. And this particular situation has multiple layers. Uh, one thing that I do know, because I was a part of a shakedown like this oh. for a major network, if you okay. don't remember, of course, of course um, I do understand where she's coming from. What she's basically saying is CBS, remember, is where Gail King is at the top of the morning. CBS is also the network that secured the Harry and Meghan um, exclusive interview with Gail King's best friend, Oprah Winfrey, which was aired on CBS. CBS is also the house of the talk. And even though CBS had put a lot of chips in the space of protecting and betting on the the royal family, Sharon stood on the opposite side of the table. So what happens in this space was CBS saw an opportunity to pluck her off the network. And this is what I think is going to unfold. You're gonna see her issue an apology and she's gonna say she's going to explore other career opportunities, in my opinion. I don't understand though, why A, it took so long, given all of the other cases in which she has presented racial epithet towards other co-hosts, as well as homophobic epithet. I don't understand why it's taken them 11 years to remove her off of the platform, given all of her derogatory comments, feelings, and suggestions. I think in this case, it was money versus fame, and money will always win, especially with a major network. Okay, so you think it's a, it was a bigger plan to really get her out of there? Do you believe that? I think so. Okay. Another Sharon news, Leah Remini uh, alleges that Sharon Osbourne made racial slurs about the talk host, Julie Chen, who's Chinese American. Leah says Sharon used the words wonton and slanty eyes to describe Julie. Not a good look. I think Julie is with the head of CBS, right? She also said that Sharon openly called lesbian actress and executive producer Sarah Gilbert a, can I say that word? A pee licking a pea licker and fish eater. Wow. Um, if any of these rumors, if this is true, do you think she should be fired from the talk? What do y'all think? You know, I'm be- I mean, I'm, I'm- the comments that she made years ago. Uh, first of all, the, the comment about uh, Miss Chang, who was on the, what's her, Julie, right? Yeah, Wasn't Julie, Julie married to the president of CBS? Yeah, less. Yeah. Was yeah. right. He was the president of CBS. So believe me, if she said anything to his wife that was derogatory and they felt it was derogatory or racist, don't you think she would have got plucked off then? It was behind her back. She said it to Leah is saying she said it to her. So it wasn't like I don't know if Julie was a, oh, no, about it behind her back. All right. I just feel like she's got a long history of calling people all types of names from ghetto to slanted eyes to pee licking and nothing has ever happened to her before because her celebrity was able to outweigh those in which she was talking about. I think in this case, she's got a big network behind a big situation and she's on the opposite end of the table and they plucked her ass right on out of there. We have some YouTube comments I wanna share. Bobby says, why can't they just go to the library and educate themselves? Destiny says, why is Kevin even helping her on her apology tour? Kiki says, now Sharon is a victim. Smells like white privilege. Marvin says, why are people checking on Sharon and not Cheryl? That part. 
And Rodney says, of course, I would side with Sharon a little bit. And Tanisha says, the talk needs a switch up. Now, how am I siding with Sharon a little bit? Yeah. You want to know what's funny? When she, you know, I, 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 I will say this, Al, you did open my eyes to a little thing, but I didn't even connect the dots between the CBS interview, Oprah, Gail. Let's keep in mind that Oprah also has a contract to be a, a, a 60 Minutes reporter or something with right. them on that or whatever the case may be. And then Sharon being on the opposite end of the spectrum. So I guess her thing is, of all the people y'all could have asked these questions about, why did you ask me? But it would make for the most controversial talk. The mm -hmm. only reason why I still call bullshit is because Sharon, they didn't make you have the emotional response. That's they right. Didn't make you yell at Cheryl. And all you simply had to do was answer the question with style and grace and say simply, listen, y'all, I'm a Brit. Pierce is my friend. And I don't see it that way. And go to commercial break. That's all you had to do. And I do want to say like the British have a different kind of a very dry delivery and sense of humor sometimes. And sometimes that that's not how we speak over here. So I get like there's a different way that they talk. But it, listen, we there's no mistaking mistakes can be made about how she was speaking her tone to Cheryl. Oh, yeah, was yeah. Absolutely oh, you can definitely tell somewhere in there she was guilty of something that touched a chord, right? And it was multiple layers to it too. It was not only race oriented, but it was also what I felt to be a power struggle. At that moment on television, a network that she thought was behind her 100%, she was just told, sweetheart, go to the back of the line. And she was not only shocked and surprised, but she was in dismay that they would actually do that to her after all that she had given them in her relationships to bring to that show and make it interesting. It, was very, it was very obvious that she was talking down to Cheryl and she was felt that she was at a much higher level on that show than Cheryl was. And to my knowledge, their peers, and that's that. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more TGIF when we return. Welcome back to TGIF with Funky Dineva and Al Reynolds. Okay, now if y'all are married, how important would me time or alone time be to y'all? And before you answer, actress and singer Carrie Hilson shocked people by saying, I love my singleness and I love my alone time. Even if I were with someone, I still need my me time to the point where I could probably live in two separate houses with my own husband. Could you deal with a mate that needed that much attention? Well, yes. that much, I'm sorry, that much me time? Yes, because I'm that I'm that mate. I'm that mate. And the, and the biggest thing that blessed my life, really 30-second 30, 30 story, I got two friends in Atlanta. They're both attorneys. They got married at the age of uh, over 40. So they were both successful, had their own money, both had nice homes. When they got married, they started looking for a joint domicile, and it was bringing them so much stress. And after about looking at the 25th house, at the showing, they both looked at each other and said, hey, who said we have to live together? You like your house, I like mine, let's just keep it that way. That would totally work for me. I need my own space. I'm a big energy spirit person. I don't give a damn how big the house is. I feel you in here. I need you to be somewhere else. And I think that is what would make us stay in a long lasting relationship, that constant surprise of you coming over. Oh, he's coming over. Let me clean up and get dressed or whatever. But you living here, cohabitation just does not work for me at all. It's a good way to keep your partner dating you as well and not getting too comfortable. You know what I mean? Like I, I say that all the time when I was younger, like I could totally have two separate houses. But then uh, also I've also gotten used to having someone around with me every day. So I don't know what the hell I want. Al? 
Well, let me tell you something. This is actually a very fascinating trend. I find it fascinating. I actually have a very good friend. She's an African-American female. I won't mention her name, but I will tell you that she was a Russian studies major in undergrad at the university I went to. And she was <laughs> presently participating in what's called a married but living separate marriage. That means they both have two separate homes. The daughter um, stays with her mostly, but the father still is very involved in the daughter's life on a day-to-day -day basis. And I find it, if, hey, if that works for you in your marriage, and that's what's going to keep the steam and the hotness and the newness and keeping it on track instead of you rotating to a space where you hate that mug, then I say, let's go for it. And the one thing that I asked her, I did ask her this. I said, so wait a minute, do you guys still have sex? And she said, absolutely. She said, in fact, it makes it much better in the fact that she has her own space that she goes home to, he has his own space and they find a, a, a mutual space for that convulsion. So, hey. Now, sounds, sounds perfect to me. All right, guys, before we go, let's play a quick game of who's most likely to. Mm, okay, I'll read the clues and you'll say the name of the person who fits the description. If your name is chosen twice by, you know, more than one person, you must take a shot. Are y'all ready? Yeah. Who's most likely to get drunk and call into work sick? I say Q. Q. Take a drink. <laughs> Who's most likely to sleep with an ex? Claudia. Me. Al. Yeah, I'm me. I'm gonna take a drink. Yeah. Who's most likely to call out a hater live on the air? Q. Oh, Claudia and Q. Yeah, yeah. Both of them take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> who's most likely to have an ex who's been in jail? Me. Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hood boy phase. <laughs> you got a high end woman guy? I got to tell y'all a story. I went to jail with one of my exes. He got arrested, and then when they picked me up about 20 minutes later in the paddy wagon that took me to the precinct, he was like, what you doing here? I was like, I can't do it. They transport us down to Central. <laughs> oh, my God. We have to hear all about that. I'll tell so, that story in the next episode. What's the next one? Uh, who's most likely to make up a lie to get someone to leave after having sex? Al. Oh, definitely. Al. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To get him to leave? Yeah. Okay, that was fun, y'all. I had a good time. You have a good time tonight? I had a good time tonight. Tonight was a little chill, but we, we got we had some good yeah, deep conversation. Okay. Well, listen, I'm gonna hop on this Instagram live. If anybody wants to join me, Q, you should come on with me tonight. I'm going out to the bar, honey, because I can get Give drunk. me five minutes. They love it. Mm-hmm. I did it last week, Q. You should at least give her like 10 minutes. I only it was 10 minutes. It was fun. They had some I'll good next week. I'm tired. Al, can you come on with me? I came on with you last week. All right, we got to go. If y'all want to come, I'll get on there by myself, damn it. So come on my Instagram live right now. I want to thank my co-hosts, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva for joining me tonight on TGIF. Thank you for watching us on the Foxhole TV mobile app. Stay tuned for Hollywood Unlocked with Jason Lee Uncensored. We'll see you next time. Y'all have a good weekend. Be safe.